recording and it's just us girls this week andrew just us we've been abandoned i know do you think number one do you think the listeners will actually care that kirk's not here (laughs) i think the erica conversation is different because i feel like people love erica like i get comments about erica all the time that's true we can mourn the loss of erica it's interesting it's been a long time since i've done a two-person podcast at this point has it been since like before the second iteration of let's unpack that like the the political the more political version of it yeah pretty much like i think the last kind of solo episode was maybe august of 2020 so it's been a really long time but first i think we have to mention like why erica and kirk aren't here i mean it's not anything crazy they're traveling they're dead yeah Yeah. well yeah they're dead well i mean you know kirk's a weed he'll grow back he'll be fine (laughs) You can't you can't get rid of him. He's he is the venereal disease of let's unpack that. <laughs> and I don't, I don't I don't really know if that analogy tracks, but I'm going to keep it. Um, but yeah, so Erica and Kirk are both traveling this week, so it's just Andrew and I um, for the two episodes this week. Which um, you know, if if the listeners like this, um, this can be permanent. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, in a way, I'm excited about it because we're getting back to traveling. I mean, you and I, we're going to Iceland next week. It's literally yeah. a week away. Yeah. It's fantastic. And yep. um, when this episode comes out, it'll be like two days away from us. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And governor Wolf announced a couple of days ago that after Memorial day, pretty much everything is opening back up in Pennsylvania. I know. Does it feel too soon for you? I can't decide. It, it, it does, but I, I think we can criticize a lot of, governors in the United States over the last year, right? Um, especially people like Rick DeSantis. Oh, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, yes. yes. You were um, confusing him with Rick Scott, who's just probably. as awful and also from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, I feel that our governor in Pennsylvania, um, Governor Wolf, has done a, a very, a pretty good job with the uh a pandemic. So I have pretty good faith. Um, and full caveat, I have met Governor Wolf personally um, and had conversations with him. Mm. Not like extensive conversations, but I have met him um, in a work capacity before and, you know, been fairly, you know, impressed by him in, in real life. So um, take that as you will. I, you know, like it, it, it is interesting because I, have heard a lot of people talk very poorly about him. I think it's an easy place if you were sort of a Republican in the last year to get angry at your governor because you weren't going to get angry at Trump about COVID necessarily. You were going to blame your governor for shutting you down. And that was really Trump's strategy, right? You know, that it was like the liberal governors are killing the economy. Um, I found him very reasonable and very rational. You know, I don't think maybe as organized and rational as like Governor Whitmer. I think it's it's interesting, like when I think about the governor's role that they've sort of played in COVID, like Governor Whitmer has basically said at 50 percent, this will open at 60 percent, this will open at 65 percent vaccination, this will open. And I think like that is such a better way to approach this than these sort of like moving targets. So like maybe, you know, Governor Wolf gets a bunch of shit for that. But like when he was closing things down and 2000 people were dying a day and like and like, you know, 300 Pennsylvanians, 150 Pennsylvanians 
we're dying a day. I was just appreciative that the guy was even talking about it and acknowledging that it was, you know, something. And it wasn't like he was out there like that asshole Cuomo in New York. <laughs> like, you know, he, like, yeah. he very clearly it would appear, you know, um, that he was kind of sane, rational, letting letting the science make the decisions despite all of the uncertainty. So I am excited to open back up. I'm excited that Kirk and Erica both get to travel. I'm excited that we get to travel together, um, you know, for the for the second time, I guess, technically, or the third time we did. We've now, this will be our third weekend week now away. Um, for us, we went camping together and then we did the week, the pod weekend in New Jersey. That was an epic failure. Um, and, then, <laughs> and now we have this. So, yeah. But uh, welcome back to Let's Unpack That, the, your bi-weekly podcast where your typically uh, queer questioning and questionable quartet unpack topics at the top of our mind through the lens of anxiety, depression, Liz Cheney, Trump launching his own social media platform and everything in between. Um, we're going to get into it. And it's just me and Andrew. Andrew, I don't really have a read for you. Um, I can't. You're the only one who's still here. So <laughs> I'm just happy that you're here. Um yeah. But this is our headlines episode, and we're going to cover a couple things, um, you know, in politics this week that are going on. The first thing, I think, uh, being what's going on with Liz Cheney, um, she's basically the ranking uh, number three senator in the House. She's under fire. And then the news kind of broke today and it's sort of been leaking over the last few weeks, um, you know, that Trump is going to start his own social media platform. So we've got a good kind of, I think, reflection on those two events and how they're kind of intertwined. Um, and then our Thursday episode is going to be Andrew and I, again, specifically talking about Q and kind of what's going on with QAnon right now. So I hope that you guys enjoy these episodes. I'm very excited to just record the two of us. It already feels calmer <laughs> from a recording perspective. Um, and, you know, but I know Andrew and I are both passionate about all three of these kind of large issues, QAnon, Liz Cheney and, and the Trump Facebook thing. Um, so stick with us. Um, enjoy the week. And we'll be right back um, to talk about Liz Cheney and Donald Trump's new Facebook platform. All right. So over the last week and change, there has been a rift in the Republican Party, um, specifically involving Liz Cheney. Um, and if you don't know, she's the third ranking member of the Republican Party, um, which means she's pretty much like behind Kevin McCarthy. Um, you know, she's behind Mitch McConnell. Um, but basically in the House, she's like the third ranking member in the House. Um, you know, so she is one of the leaders of the GOP. Um, and recently, um, she's kind of been under fire. And this is kind of a culmination of a lot of things that have been happening since January 6th. Liz Cheney has been outspoken in the Republican Party saying that the uh, election was not stolen. There was no evidence of voter fraud and that Donald Trump needs to accept the results of the election. She doesn't strike me as somebody who's like looking for more power. She doesn't strike me as somebody who is kind of like looking to you know, get ahead in Washington. I think she sort of genuinely believes that like the Republican Party needs to be honest. Um, and so, you know, three months ago, um, they tried to vote her out and expel her from Congress, but she survived that vote um, and pretty significantly so. Um, but the whole kind of idea behind this sort of resurgence of this is she has continued to say that, you know, Republicans, uh, Republican voters need to understand that there was no evidence of voter fraud. We need to 
move on from this, that January 6th was an embarrassment to the Republican Party. And this is not, you know, like a progressive or moderate member of the um, GOP establishment. She actually voted with Donald Trump 98% of the time compared to the person they're trying to replace her with, voted with Donald Trump 78% of the time. So this is like somebody who largely has supported Donald Trump, but just doesn't believe that the election was stolen. So um, there's pretty much now a resurgence of this revolt where they're probably going to have a sort of secret vote or vote um, where where people's names are anonymous, where they're going to expel her from Congress. Um, And I laugh for a couple of reasons because um, number one, this is supposed to be the party against cancel culture. Uh, this is supposed to be the party of free thought. Um, this is supposed to be the, uh, uh, the, the people who don't bend to the media. Um, and, and, you know, yet all of a sudden what they're saying is that this person disagrees with the more Republican controlled media like Fox News. She disagrees, uh, you know, with the large majority of the Republican Party. And they are not just, you know, canceling her. This is an actual legitimate cancellation. This is a person who is no longer going to have a job immediately or a source of income immediately. Not, you know, she's a Cheney, obviously she's fine, but like they are taking her job away because of her political beliefs. And her political belief is that the election was not stolen. It was based in fact, and the results are real. So this is quite kind of an interesting story. I don't know if we'll know more, Um, you know, by the time this episode airs, we're only a couple days from our air date, but I don't know, Andrew, if you've had any kind of reaction to this news about Liz Cheney. Um, It's wild to see this. (laughs) It is crazy because I I think Liz Cheney is somebody that most of us probably didn't think about until last week, really. Um, She is one of the ranking members in the Republican Party. Um, Obviously, her father is a very important figure in the Republican Party and American conservatism in general, um, at least in the 21st century. So to suddenly see her pop up on conservative subreddits and conservative media and become this pariah seemingly overnight, all because she has a stance that this is not who we are as American conservatives. This is not who we are as the Republican Party. Our election was good. It was a exemplary example of, of democracy, and it was fine. She was basically towing the Republican conservative party line as it has been for decades, right? And there was just this huge backlash against her, and suddenly everybody's talking about Liz Cheney. And it's it's laughable in the same way that people turning on Mitt Romney is is laughable. You know, at one point, everyone on the liberal side of the spectrum hated Mitt Romney. I mean, he was the candidate for president. So, of course, you're going to (laughs) criticize him. Mm hmm. And he's sort of this embodiment of capitalism gone wrong um, coming from Bain Capital and uh, everything that went on there. I mean, it was basically a predatory firm. And it's sort of the same thing with Liz Cheney, right? You know, we can be different from our parents. I know I certainly am. But Liz Cheney really hasn't given any indication that she's somebody different from her father. And her father (laughs) is sort of like this villain in modern American history um, to the point where there's been movies and documentaries made about him um in uh, casting him in very negative lights um so for her to 
be vilified like this is very fascinating to me. And I think we're going to get into it a little bit more on the Thursday episode, how the farther right, or not necessarily the farther right, but more so the alt-right or the new right is sort of turning away from the Republican conservative establishment. And, mm-hmm. and those are people like Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney. Um, and you'll see this a lot now. Well, really since 2016, 2017, you'll see this a lot on online spaces where those sorts of people hang out. They call them rhinos, R-I-N-O, a Republican in name only. And it's a term that Trump himself has used and has pushed. And I think that's sort of the allure of Trump. And we'll get into this with like Trump's new website slash pseudo social media platform where a fucking joke it is and he's really pushing this liz cheney narrative and the the whole rhino narrative where he's still the anti-establishment person and these are the establishment people they are the they that we are fighting against kind of thing yeah and it just it's so sad how like quick so quickly someone can become an enemy like somebody who voted with donald trump so much but just because she didn't support one kind of movement although it was in my opinion one of his most egregious movements was an attack on democracy right it was it was trying to take the election from joe biden when it was very evident who and what had transpired um and and, you know what you were just sort of saying like reminded me of of a tweet from david axelrod who if you don't know david axelrod number one Highly recommend you follow him on Twitter. He's a former chief strategist for Obama. So I always like hearing his takes as kind of somebody who can really whip up a quick tweet uh, thinking about democratic strategy. He said, uh, the whole Liz Cheney saga has been so clarifying. She's as conservative as they come. Her only sin was to call bullshit on Trump's election fraud. For that, she will be expelled as a GOP leader. This party is branding itself. And I think that that's it, right? It's just like, we now have this person who's kind of speaking up, a person who, you know, you and I would disagree with probably on 100% of uh, things that she believes, um, you know, now getting ousted from her party, potentially, um, you know, unable to ever run again, or if she did have to run again, she would get replaced by a more conservative candidate, um, or not even a more conservative more Trumpian candidate, I think is probably like the right word. We're now seeing all these states react the same way. They're following Donald Trump's lead. They're following Kevin McCarthy's lead. They're following Mitch McConnell's lead, where they're all saying, if you don't stand behind this lie that the election was fraudulent and that Joe Biden should not be in office, you're out of the party. And when you think about that, like it, it'll it'll dovetail into what we're saying, you know, what Trump has said, he's perpetuating this narrative. This is coming and being led by him. But just like everything else during the administration, it's facilitated by these GOP leaders in Congress who bend to the will of the Trump supporters. He says uh, on his new <laughs> platform, uh, Liz Cheney is a warmongering fool who has no business in Republican Party leadership. Elise Stefanik, who is the replacement for her most likely, is a far superior choice, and she is my complete and total endorsement for GOP conference chair. That's Trump saying no other ideas other than mine are welcome in this party. And you have these Republicans perpetuating this narrative that 
Joe Biden is uber progressive. Joe Biden is controlled by AOC. Joe Biden is controlled by Bernie Sanders. You know, like Elizabeth Warren, name it. Rashida Tlaib, name it, you know? Like, name the person. Versus, like, what they're saying about Joe Biden being, like, controlled is exactly how Kevin McCarthy, the GOP House leader, and Mitch McConnell are acting with Donald Trump. Like, it's like... They are his puppets. They will do his bidding. Liz Cheney is not a conservative embarrassment. She's a very loyal conservative. She just has this one belief. I mean, where do you see Joe Biden or, you know, a former leader like Barack Obama or somebody who's really powerful say AOC, get out of my party because her beliefs are a little bit more progressive or radical than somebody else's? It's so different the way that we approach our politics. Even Nancy Pelosi and AOC, who have a lot of disagreements on a variety of issues, don't try to cancel each other and tell each other that they need to leave the party. Nancy Pelosi has said some stupid shit, but never has been there a vote to expel AOC from Congress or expel Nancy Pelosi from the caucus. Like, this is legitimate cancel culture. If that's even a fucking thing, it's this group think that you disagree with us. You don't believe that the election was fraudulent, like get out. And it makes me very much scared for the future of the Republican party because of what that means for the democratic party. But also it just makes me laugh because of this total hypocrisy, complete and total hypocrisy. Nowhere can we see a better example than Trump and Ted Cruz. During the primaries, Trump and Ted Cruz had one of the biggest political cage fights. They were at each other so much because they were kind of, you know, at the top of the pack. And of course, Trump was calling Cruz a uh, lying Ted. And uh, I mean, he went as far as to attack his wife's uh, physical appearance, like <laughs> yeah. just, just yeah. n- not even, not even anything about his policies or anything else. And as soon as Trump won the nomination and then won the presidency and came into power, Cruz became Trump's sycophantic little lapdog and has carried Trump's water ever since. The message is clear there. Here is somebody who is a prominent member of the Republican Party and a, and a prominent figure in American conservatism. And the message is that you shoot at the king, you better not miss. And what option does he have? He can either get out and fall out of the public eye and and go into the wilderness, or he can eat Trump's asshole for the next four (laughs) fucking years. And that is what he chose to fucking do. And that is where Liz Cheney is right now. She took a shot at the king, basically, and now she's dealing with the consequences. Um, And you, I, I think you really nailed it. And it's sort of a strength and also a weakness of the American left. And it really isn't the left, right? Like, we don't really have a viable leftist wing in in our government or along the political spectrum. It's really neoliberalism um, with some people like AOC and Bernie towards the, the sort of left end of things who are democratic socialists or whatever, however you want to style it. Um, but there is more of a spectrum along the left-leaning 
um, side of American politics than there is on the right, especially with Trump. And it's very it has a lot of shades of authoritarianism where you didn't fall directly in lockstep with Trump, then you were the enemy instantly overnight. And all he had to do is put out a couple tweets and suddenly all his supporters were behind that. Whoever was the target, there wasn't any, you know, agreed to disagree or we agree on these things over here, but we kind of, have a disagreement about this stuff over here, but we're still part of the same party. No, it's Rhino, Republican and name only. There's no equivalent of that on the left. I mean, fucking Nancy Pelosi kneels with Kente cloth on and looks like a fucking fool, but no one's casting her out of the party. No, we just tell her that she's an idiot. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. It's like when Joe Biden slips up, when Joe Biden says like, you know, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Everyone's like, what are you? You're an idiot. Why would you say that? Like, number one, black voters have a multitude of opinions on a lot of issues. Number two, Joe Biden, you are no savior to the black community. Like, like, what are we talking about? But like, yeah. nobody's sitting here being like, get him out. He's done. You know, like, I'm sure there are people that are, but that's not a mainstream opinion that like people take action on. And now I fear that there's going to be sort of like a continuous perpetual cycle of this because of this new website from the desk of Donald Trump. You know, I mean, this is our second headline of the week. Right. And like his most recent post is the fake news media working in close conjunction with big tech and the radical left Democrats is doing everything they can to perpetuate the term the big lie when speaking of the 2020 presidential election. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that's true. <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna he's, leave that one in, and we're gonna. I mean, he's he's seventy four, right? <laughs> Listen, I just got back from dinner. I had a couple drinks. I'm just here trying to offer my thoughts. Okay, my thoughts and prayers. <gasps> So the big erection, um, he says, they are right that the 2020 presidential election was a big lie, but not in the way that they mean. The 2020 election, which didn't even have legislative approvals from many states, was also otherwise corrupt, was indeed the big lie. This man, just like I was just saying that they do this, they take these scandals, they turn them on their heads. They say that we are the party of cancel culture, yet they are the party that's actually canceling Liz Cheney. Like we say it's a big lie. And then he says, the big lie is the fact that people are saying it's a big lie. It's just, it is so, okay, number one, I I think that this is very confusing. So it's dumb. Like, you know, like I don't think that it's good strategy. It's like when we say the big lie, they say the big lie. Like come up with something else. Can you come up with anything else? And I just am now fearful that we get these talking points from the desk of Donald Trump, as if this man actually sits down and works at a desk. We get these tweets, longer tweets, I guess, on this website. It looks like a social media platform, but really it's a blog. And there's a picture of him working at a desk. I get angry, but I get scared that this is just a rallying point, that this is the messaging vehicle that the Democrats lack. But of course, the Republicans say, just watch the news. That's the Democratic talking points. Like, no, it's fucking not, you know? So I just, 
I don't know what your thoughts are on the Donald Trump Facebook, how they're going to enhance this, roll this out, how, you know, websites are going to or going to not be hosting it. But I mean, this is a messaging tool. This is a rallying cry. These will feed Fox News. These will get covered everywhere. He doesn't need to be on Facebook anymore. He doesn't need to be on Twitter anymore. This is what we all said he was going to do. And you can listen to our previous podcast. We all knew that this was coming. So I'm exhausted by it. It's going to be very interesting to see where this website goes over the next couple of months. Again, this is a very Trump thing. It's just like the wall. In the beginning, he said, we're going to build a wall across the entire border of the United States and Mexico. And then it was, we're going to build it in certain sections. And then it basically came down to, we're renovating and rebuilding sections of existing border wall. So this is sort of the same thing where he got kicked off of Twitter. He got kicked off of Facebook and he said he's going to come back and make the most amazing social media free speech platform you'd ever seen in your life. And he talked about that for quite a while. um, And then it just didn't happen. You know, he had his post-presidency website for a little bit and he put some press releases up there. Um, And then you didn't really hear about it. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, I'm rolling out my platform. And it's literally, like you said, a blog. It's just these short, basically a continuation of the tweets that he would put out. Um, You can tell that he's writing them. Like the one on May 3rd just says, so nice to see Rhino Mitt Romney boot off stage at the Utah Republican Convention. They are among the earliest to have figured this guy out, a stone-cold loser. It's literally just his tweets all over again. The difference is uh, there's no way to react to this. You can share it to Facebook or you can share it to, to Twitter, but every blog, like you know, WordPress default out of the box gives you that capability. You can't comment on it. Um, you can't sign into this platform. I mean, it's not even a platform. You can't sign in. You can't create a profile. <laughs> it, it's, it's just a blog. And his tenant on the page is, we embrace free thought. We welcome robust debate. No, yeah. you fucking don't. But there's no commenting feature. You can't, you can't <laughs> debate Donald Trump. You can't debate anybody in the comments about him because there are no comments. Is Liz Cheney's thought not a free thought like it's just so hypocritical it's crazy i think you really see what this is when you go to the home page when you go to the home page a little banner pops up and it says stand with trump and when you click on it it takes you to a fundraising page mm-hmm. and if you click off that banner the first thing you see is a contribute button right at the top and then at the very top next to the menu you have shop where you can go buy trump merch and you have another contribute button. There are three separate buttons to take you to that donation page. Yep. That's the entire homepage. Yep. And that's what this is. It's a it's a just another vehicle for him to grift money out of people who are his supporters. That's the thing is like, he still hasn't even paid off his bills from the last election. I mean, you can go and Google that. Like I forget what state it was in, but like they were still waiting on payment from the Trump campaign and they're just never going to get it. There were, you know, people who donated to his Stop the Steal campaign. Like this is just a money grab. And then this money is used to perpetuate more Trumpian candidates getting elected or also just 
Who knows what bills? Like, that's what I mean. Like we're not getting the transparency that we need in this stuff. And it's terrifying. It's not free thought. It's not saving America. It's not even traditional American values because traditional American values would not put his face on everything. It would not be all about him. It would not talk about cancel culture. It wouldn't say we are committed to defending innocent life and to upholding Judeo-Christian values. It wouldn't say, you know, we do not, we know that our rights do not come from the government. They come from God, including the right to keep and bear arms. Like God did not create guns so you could defend yourself. And I don't know how to talk to these people that live in this sort of reality, but like this is not traditionally American. This is not free thought. This is not debate. This is, we are the party. You must follow us to save America. And if you believe even for a moment that the mainstream media is telling you that, I don't even know what that means, that the media is telling you the truth, that the news is telling you the truth, that Liz Cheney is telling you the truth, you're out, you're done, and you are no longer part of this party. Like, this is dangerous to American democracy. And if anybody thinks listening to this podcast that he's not going to use this power and use the Trump brand, just like he slaps his logo on everything that he does, just like he's doing it on this website, just with a more patriotic and American feel. If you think that he's not going to take all of this money and give it to all of these Trumpian and QAnon candidates who are running for office in 2022 and then for himself in 2024, you're just kidding yourself. I mean, this is the strategy. It's rally around the base, crush out the Republicans who disagree with them, whether that's Liz Cheney, whether it's Mitt Romney, it doesn't matter who it is. It's Mitch McConnell's getting attacked on this page. Like, and Mitch McConnell's still defending Donald Trump. They're so scared of him, but they don't take action against him. Like, this is the very definition of a dictator. Like, you don't see this happening with Elizabeth Warren, with AOC, with Bernie Sanders. Like, They're rallying around him and saying like, wow, he's surprising us with how progressive he is. He's surprising us with, you know, the fact that he's sort of moved on certain issues, but also we disagree with him and we wish he was going this way. And nobody's telling them to shut up. Nobody's saying get off the stage. Nobody's saying you didn't deserve to win your election. So we have to kick you out of the house. It is bleak. It is bleak. It's a continuation of the whole voter fraud conspiracy like they only allege that voter fraud happened in states that trump lost and in districts that trump lost and it really comes down to this sort of hubris where they're basically saying well there's no way trump could have lost that's the whole messaging of this site either you're an american or you're something else and something else could be a whole range of different things that is very dangerous to be basically like you could be a liberal. That's no longer an American. Um, You could be a Republican that doesn't fully agree with Trump. Not even that is, is fully against Trump, but just doesn't agree with him on one thing. And suddenly you're basically not an American again. And you're right. Where's the money going? Like (laughs) Trump is not officially a candidate of anything. And there's a little disclaimer at the bottom of the website because by law he has to have this. And it says not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. So 
you're giving money to him and there's no indication of what this money is going to, what he's going to do with it. And it's all very um, pyramid scheme sort of tactics where you click on the contribute button and you go to another page and it gives you, you know, all the options that a candidate normally gives you $50, $100, $250. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's literally bouncing the $250 donation tab. And if you sit there long enough, it pops up a little thing and says, you've been selected. Please complete your donation. Like these are tactics. It's cult. Yeah, that make people donate. It guilts them mm-hmm. into donating. This is not a healthy thing for democracy. And yeah. it's it's also funny that we know why Trump was elected in 2016. It was for a lot of reasons, but a big reason was that people were just tired of the center of American politics, both the left and the right, that kind of keeps things status quo and doesn't fix the problems. And the problems affect everybody. Mm -hmm. And Trump is a populist and he was promising to fix those problems. And he was saying, I'm not a typical politician, never held public office before. I understand why that's attractive, but it's also dangerous because you could end up with somebody like AOC or you could end up with somebody like Trump. And I, and that's not to say that we should never vote for somebody like that because we could end up with somebody like AOC. But when you end up with somebody like Trump, he's taking advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because he cares about you as a person. And it's laughable because trying to vote for somebody who's not of the establishment and then you vote for a billionaire. You vote for somebody who was born into money and then made more money despite all of his failures because he just had a ton of money and he had name recognition. And also because he came up during the eighties when he took advantage of a lot of situations like the organized crime in New York city, he was getting the work and he was giving them the work. Yeah. To say that he is not of the establishment is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll be something to watch for us. Check in with your family. Make sure they're not using this site. You know, like make sure they're not sitting on here. I have to imagine at some point, you know, that they will try to create a login or a comment feature. You have to imagine it's going to expand because that's what he does. He keeps expanding and expanding and expanding until things fail. But I mean, he's perpetuating really wild lies on this site. You know, uh, the most recent, you know, big one that I saw is like, He's saying that 10% of the of the ballots in Georgia that were cast were fraudulent. 10%. He's saying that 400,000 votes were fake. Like, put yourself in that mindset. How many stadiums is that? How many college classrooms is that? How many accounts is that on Instagram? 400,000? Like the real claims of voter fraud are in like the hundreds and less and less. And that's like tallied up over time. And that exists on both sides in all 50 states. So the idea that 10% of the votes in Georgia could be fraudulent, just think about that. 
10% of the people standing in line with you. One out of every 10 people in line with you getting ready to vote is casting their ballot and is fake. Like if that were true, if that were true, it would be the most amazing undercover conspiracy theory ever. And it's not true. <laughs> There's no evidence to approve that, uh, to, uh, to prove that. And it has been debunked thousands of times. So check in with the people in your life as this page gets bigger. Um, you know, check in with your family and friends feeling um, around Liz Cheney, you know, do they like that she's being cast out of the party because she disagrees with them? Is that normal? We should promote free thought. You should, you should promote that with your family members, especially the ones who aren't too far gone. <laughs> Because I guarantee you, if you just kind of talk to them, human to human, they're not going <laughs> to, I mean, maybe some of them will, but <laughs> I know some of mine will, but they're not going to believe this stuff. They're going to recognize that it's a lie. So that's kind of my closing thought, but Andrew, I'll go to you for a final thought too. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up. And this is sort of a nice lead in to our Thursday episode. So if you want to hear more about a particular conspiracy theory, QAnon and just how conspiracy theories work in general, this ties right into the whole voter fraud conspiracy theory um, and how it's just not logically possible. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm already giddy with excitement about our own Q drop. Um, so if you like this episode, if you like just having the two of us, let us know too. Please give us a, a rating. There are many Let's Unpack That's out there and we'd love to uh, continue to increase our standing in the Let's Unpack That rankings. I think we are at number one, but people are trying to catch up. So we very much appreciate your time listening to us and we hope that we talk to you all soon. But this has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. We'll talk to you on Thursday.